Well, by the way, Doctor, is mystery your sole pleasure? Young man, what could be more pleasant than mystery? Well, music, for instance. Music, why, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to the first ever episode of Orion Motherfucking Radio. I'm your host, Kia Orion. And I appreciate you guys joining me. So the podcast is going to work at least at this point. You know, we're going to have some growing pains, some bumps and bruises. So I appreciate you being patient with me. Um, But it's going to be a little bit about my life, kind of what's going on with me. And then I'll have an album review or something like that. Because, you know, I've got iTunes, the Apple Music. So pretty much every week when new music drops, I'm on it. I've got... Um, new stuff that I'm listening to. So some weeks I'll do like throwback old albums depending on what's in my ear. But um, yeah, there'll be some sort of album review. And then I've got interviews with different Philly artists, whether they're illustrators or actors or um, musicians or filmmakers. Shout out Big Bro one time um, at Ren Rene Photo. You know, hit him up. Um you know, I realized that I have so many creative friends in the city and people need to know what's going on. At the same time, this also ser- you know, it serves two purposes. One's for selfish reasons because I want to have an excuse to interview my cool creative friends and, you know, pick up on their inspiration and their processes. And then also, um, you know, serves to kind of get the word out on different, thi- you know, projects, albums, and um, events that are kind of going on in the city. So, if you even if you aren't in Philly though, um, you know feel free to reach out to me because my my setup is portable. So I can you know if you're in New York, I can hop on the bus, come kick it with you, boom, pop up, set everything up real quick, and then we can you know get busy. Um, also, if you're coming through Philly, give me a shout. Um, it doesn't have to be even though I'm a music guy and that's kind of my main focus and what the main focus of this will look like. It doesn't have to be all music so don't feel like excuse me even if you aren't like a musician or something that you you know we can't find some sort of cool cool shit to talk about and then the last part of this will be an interview um and yeah that's that so as far as the album review goes uh, this week I'm not going to get into anything too crazy because the interview was hella long and that was it was also much more exciting than anything that I could tell you about. But uh, there are two things that have been uh, you know in my ear recently: your division, or the new division album. If you don't know, division is like they're on Drake's label. It's this dope singer, and I think his name's Daniel Daly. And then the producer's 1985, and he's done a lot of Drake hits like. Hotline Bling and a couple other bangers that I'm sure you know, and it's it's the two of them, um, and they're dope. So check them out either way. But the main guy that I want to talk to you about this week is this guy named uh, Brent Fiaz, and he's in one group with two 
dope producers named D-Pat and Atu, and their little trio is called Sonder, and they dropped an EP earlier this year, which you should definitely check out because it's Flames, but he also just dropped his debut album like a week or two ago. And if you if, if you don't know about him, you've probably heard him uh, and not didn't even know it was him. He was on the Gold Link single Crew that was like a banger this past summer. Um, and he's young. He's out of Maryland. He's just got a really cool story. He was working at a grocery store and then just picked up, moved to L.A. and is now, you know, doing it big out there. And so big inspiration. And he's... He lays it all on the line in this new album. Um, you know, he he's definitely my type of artist. He wears his heart on his sleeve. He's very upfront. He's frank about what's going on in his life. And uh, he, you know, he doesn't try to be enigmatic or like shrouded in mystery or anything like that. Like a lot of these kind of modern artists, he's just very open about who he is. And it's like... Um, it's, it's just refreshing because I feel like a lot of the times artists in this day and age, once you kind of peep behind the curtain, you see, um, that they're, they have like a persona that they play, which is cool, but I, you know, it's just more my style, just like be who you are, live your truth, um, and just, you know, be as, uh, human as possible, you know, good, bad, the ugly. And I think he does that incredibly well. Um, you know, he kind of take his, his album is kind of this story of his life it starts out and he's in school having a hard time and then the move to LA and even when he's in LA and you know quote unquote making it how he still has struggles there so it's it's just cool very personable album he's a great singer um and I wouldn't say he's you know he has the angelic voice of somebody like Frank Ocean but he's definitely uh you know he's up there so that's that's my story and I'm sticking to it. I don't have a cool, like a super cool scale that I'm rating these albums on yet. You know, hopefully we'll come up with something cooler than like one to ten, but that's what I'm gonna rock right now. And I'd say it's probably like a good seven and a half, eight, somewhere in there. Um it's not like the best album you'll ever hear, but he's also young, he's got a lot of time to grow, and for what it's worth, I, I think it's dope and it's really growing on me. So give it a listen. Brent Fiaz. Sonderson is the album. Check it out. His older stuff, um, it just under the name Sonder, which is the trio. Check that out. He has this older EP, like a couple years ago, called Am Paradox, which is popping. Um, yeah, so that's him. Check that out. I'm good. I'm still trying to figure things out personally out here in Philly. It's weird being a grown ass man and, you know, kind of trying to balance that whole thing professionally, but also pursue your like music dream and show up to job interviews. And they're like, where do you see yourself in five years? And I'm like, as a SoundCloud rapper, no, I'm just kidding, but kind of not, which is the sad part. <laughs> so either way, we out here, baby. Uh, we live in a dream. Uh, we live in a dream. Um, yeah. But so that's me. Maybe we can end me. If you know anybody that needs Needs extra set of hands, let me know. Um, I'm out here looking for work. Something that pays a little more than what I'm doing. So, um, yeah, get at me. And then, last but not least, the interview for this week. Dope dude named Dave Proach. He, his, I met him because his girlfriend lives in my building. And he's a local illustrator cartoonist that like goes to these cool shows. And, well, he'll, he'll 
you know, sell his artwork that's all hand drawn, and they're they're like graphic novels. They're super cool. You can get at him at uh, Dave Proach on Instagram. If you Google Dave Proach, Dave Proach art, all that jazz. I'm sure he'll come up because um, he's pretty prolific. Um, you know, he's on my Instagram all the time because I he you know I follow him just because I think he's super dope, and um, he's also a huge hip hop head. So we chopped it up about old school jams, old records that kind of put him on and. Um, yeah, all types of stuff. So I'll stop flapping my gums. You guys check out the shit with Dave. If you, you know, I appreciate you even giving this a listen, um, period. And, you know, since I'm still figuring things out, um, you know, let me know what you think as far as feedback is, you know, it, are the vocals too loud? Was, should it be shorter? Did, was the intro music distracting? You know, let, let me know. Be, uh, be, be honest. Just be honest. Alright, yo, thank you guys again for fucking with me. It means more than you know. Kill Ryan over now. Peace. That's dope. Yo, my man, you know we do it big. Hold on. Yeah, you know we're doing it. You don't have a window in the bathroom. I grew up, the place I grew up in didn't have a window in the bathroom. They had like a skylight, they're like row homes. There's no way it was right in the middle. And once I started getting windows in my bathroom, I never, you don't look back after that. <laughs> That's when you know it's real. Um, yeah, man, it just, uh, it helps kind of brighten, brighten everything up. You know? It's a bright, nice, bright apartment. You know? Well, yo, D, thank you for coming on. Mm-hmm. The, the, the cast, my man. So this is uh, one of my first episodes. So, you know, mics are hot, drinks are cold. This is how we do it. Um, uh, I'm calling it Orion Radio, you know, because I'm going by the name Orion, Kia Orion. And... Um, it's about kind of, it's loosely based on people's creative process, Yeah. but also, um, just kind of, I was like, dude, I have some cool friends that do art shit. I was like, why not? I just get to know them a little better. So, um, so it, it, it has a music focus, yeah. but don't feel like it has to well, I'll, be you, music centric. You, you, know? you control so. the conversation. I'll go yeah, where yeah. you go. You know what I mean? Okay, so just take dope. me there and I'll follow along. All right. You know? Dope. So. Um, you know, for those that don't know, now you know, um, tell, uh, you know, the listeners a little bit about sort of who you are, what you do and, and kind of how, how we got here. Um, I make, um, comic books, you know, I guess you call them like indie comics, nothing for like Marvel or DC or anything like that. And, uh, you know, I've been <clears throat> featured in a, a couple of just different books. I was in a book, Little Nemo, Dream Another Dream. Which uh, it, it won a it won a bunch of awards. It won the Eisner Award for best anthology. I think it won for best cover, and uh, it won a, a couple other awards the year it came out. I didn't win the awards. The book won the awards. I was in the book. <laughs> My name isn't on any awards. I'm not. I'm just the book won awards. I didn't win any awards. Yeah, yeah. But, but you I, had pieces in it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, I was in another book. Um, uh, Once Upon a Time Machine and. Then a bunch of uh, books called Quarter Moon. I put out a bunch of uh, my own books, Mango Lizard. I'm working on my. Uh, I'm putting out a series now. It's gonna be about four issues called The Homecoming King. Yes. I'm doing. Um, I'm about to put. I'm putting together like a, a thing. Um, I'm not gonna talk about it yet. Just uh, like a a package thing for um, uh, comics. Like they have like the the comics that you uh, you read on your phone. Right. So you right. just swipe down. So that's like how the panel structure goes. I'm putting together like a. I think for one of those now, just to see if it, you know, see if, if it works for me. And um, 
Yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, I I got my uh, start doing it when I first started putting stuff out. Was uh, there was a, a store in West Philly called Locust Moon, and we were always like, we just there, there was a big crew of people around the the store at the time, and uh, I was I was doing stuff, uh, you know, little books and stuff before that. But the first time I got published and people like saw my work was yeah. through the stuff with Locust Moon, and um, I just you know then Locust Moon shut down, but time goes on and just. You know, keep working on stuff, working on new stuff. So, were you? Was that when you were? And here, let me just make sure this is good. So, were you a? Mm-hmm. You go. Were you a kid when you passed Locust Moon? You're like, man, this looks like a cool project. No. How, what kind of inspired it originally? But at what point were you like, man, I can do this for real? Like, I'm, oh no, I'm I, nice I, with the pen. I, 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 um, I mean, like, I graduated from art school back in like 2003. I, oh, sure. I went to, um. You know, I started in like 1999. I always knew that I wanted to do something like that. Yeah, so like, right. yeah, like it was um long, long, long before Locust Moon. But huh. when I moved to West Philly 10 years ago, we all met each other. Like everyone who would eventually become Locust Moon, we all met each other because there was a, uh, if people in West Philly remember, there was a place called Video Library. And they used to rent like DVDs and, and whatnot, you know, and uh, they were right where... um. Ramen bar is now on forty <laughs> yeah. first yeah. and um Locust. And basically Video Library, this was a decade ago. Video Library bought all the the comic books from Marvelous Music. Marvelous Music used to be on fortieth and uh off of Walnut. If it was like right by Smokey Joe's bar, but you went downstairs right. in the Marvelous Music and Marvelous music back in the day was the shit. Like back like <laughs> ten ten years ago in Westfield, like Marvelous music was great. They used to have live concerts in there. You go in there, bring a six pack. They have like a live concert. Like everybody became friends pretty quick. The guys working behind the counters and all. Like we all just you know became friends. And they were selling comics in there though. They had like a small comics section, and they wanted to get rid of it. So basically, when I first moved to West Philly, I moved to Forty First and. Chestnut. I lived there for eight and a half years, about uh, oh. like a decade ago. And uh, then what happened was um, I used to go to Marvelous to get my comics because it's right around the corner. And then Marvelous sold their entire inventory of comics to Video Library around the corner, which led me to Video Library. I followed the mm-hmm. comics. I wanted to get my comic books. Right, right. And that's when I met, that's when everybody who eventually would become Locust Moon all met each other through there yeah okay so is that where like is that near like distrito where that is now or like um a couple the the the, um the second locust moon store was right across the street from distrito okay cool but there was a first store that was uh where ramen bar was oh gotcha gotcha yeah yeah so okay and have you been into comics you know illustration all that when you from when you were little, was it? Yeah, you went to? that's interesting, man. Growing up, it maybe it's because I'm from, I'm just a country bumpkin or something like that. But um, we just, it was. Ne- I mean, our comics weren't like dope graphic novels. They were more like Calvin and Hobbes type shit. Like, were like, well, how did you even? I, get I got in it. I started reading comics. Um, I think it was like this summer between third grade and fourth grade damn you so were on it early and I, I was a spider-man <laughs> uh annual with black panther and iron man on the cover <laughs> so tight and eric larson drew the the cover and the villains were like ultron and the ghost and 
what was it? The Vibranium Vendetta, I think it was called. <laughs> it, was, gangster, it was awesome. Like I, I was like, yo, this is the cool. It was just the coolest shit. Like it just, it was the coolest shit in the world to yeah. me. And there was also like a. It was when I was a little kid. I didn't see the silliness to it. Right. I just like was like, man, this is the greatest. As I got older. I saw the silliness to it, but I never thought it was corny. The yeah. silliness made it even cooler. <laughs> like, I was like, yo, this yeah. is so stupid. But like, I really, um, yeah, 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 that's what you I know, You know what's interesting about that, though, is that, um, you know, Dave's actually let me see uh, snippets of Homecoming King here and yeah. there. And what's interesting that you say that because I actually see that in some of your work. What makes it... Um, is this sort of underlying humor to the whole thing, that sort of like sarcastic tone of just like, I can't tell if it's a joke. Like, you, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, there, there are these little jokes that I can't tell if they're being played on me or if I'm laughing with you, you well, know, which is like this. I, I love comics. Like, like, I love Watchmen. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I love The Dark Knight Returns. I mean, these are, these are like, the, these are some of my all-time favorite comics. But the comics I read on a day-to-day basis yeah. are like old 70s stuff from Marvel. And I like silly shit. Like, I like <laughs> yeah. silly. I like when Doctor Doom's talking like ridiculous shit. I like like Grey Gargoyle and characters like that. Like, I think that shit is cool. But That's so dope. I like that stuff. You know? So I, I like the silliness. Uh, not stupid silly. Yeah. But just like I like... It, like it doesn't take itself too serious. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. It, yeah, it doesn't try to be... Yeah. It knows what it is. Mm-hmm. You know? Nothing's wrong with that. Yeah. You know? I like it. And so um, then at what point, too, because I know you were kind of always in that scene, at what point did the kind of music hip-hop start to get on radar? Um, I mean, I was really young. Um, for me, I guess how it went with uh, rap music was when I was a real, real, real little kid. And the Beastie Boys Fight for Your Right video came on, yeah. I'd always get real hype. My uncle John would always tell me, he still he still laughs about it. That I would go nuts for the Beastie Boys. I still love the Beastie Boys. I still I love the Beastie <laughs> I've Boys. I've seen some of the records over there. I love that. Check your head record. Yeah. One of my favorite records. <laughs> I love that fucking record. And I'll go nuts for the Beastie Boys. I mean, I was very little, like, like I still like. Probably went to the bathroom in my pants a little. Like I was like, oh, shit. Very small. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, yeah. On it early. Like juice box little. Piss in my pants and shit. But I really <laughs> loved the Beastie Boys. Boys. You know? And then, because uh, they were trashing the house and they threw a pie in the woman's face and they smacking the nerd up in the face. And I was like, man, <laughs> these guys are funny as shit. And then, um, then you know, you, you get to be insane. like 10 years old. You get to be like 10 years old and you're a cornball. Because yeah. there's not a cool 10-year-old... On the entire planet Earth. Right. right. Ten is Period. A, ten is yeah. a cornball year. And that was around <laughs> the time that like Vanilla Ice and MC Hammer came out. And people were in like Zeke Cavaricci oh, man. pants and like the baggy pants. <laughs> and I was into that shit. And I, and I still think that Vanilla Ice had some of the coolest album artwork of all time. Because he had a picture just of his hair, if you remember. And that still is cool. And he doesn't <laughs> so get enough credit. That still is cool. That he he ended up he ended up a corny guy. Yeah, yeah. He, did, he did. But that picture he had in on the inside cassette artwork <laughs> right, right. of his hair, that shit's fucking cool. You can't tell me that's not cool. And I got into that, then MC Hammer, and I was like, 10. 10's a corny year. Yeah. Nothing's popping at 10 unless you're like Kennard from the wire. Yeah. Nothing's yeah, popping yeah, yeah. at 10. And then, then like around like 14. I um, 
my friend's older brother, my man Wiggs, who I haven't seen him forever. He was my man growing up. And his older brother, Kev, he had all these CDs. He had Method Man to Cal, the Jizza, Liquid Sewers, Ooh. Raekwon, Only Built for Cuban Link. He had all Classics. the early woo stuff. Yeah. He had it all just lined up. And we used to, um, when I was like 14, we, that was when I was getting into bands like Pavement, who's still one of my favorite bands. Pavement's awesome. I love Pavement. You should put me on. Yeah. Just recently, I, read, pa- I was reading an article about them. And I they was like, are. What? Pavement's. They, they influence yeah. so much shit. That's what I was reading They, they influence kind of like, almost like the whiny emo rock scene. Yes. But they're not whiny emo rock. It's weird. They got this thing that only they had, I think. I've never... I don't know. Like my girlfriend says, they remind her of Lou Reed. She said, "I, I don't know. I, right. I, I don't know that. I don't know enough about Lou Reed to really talk about it." But right, I love right. pavement, but I was really into pavement and shit then. Like alternative rock at that point when I was like fourteen was in a, in a great spot. I mean, like Nirvana, Kurt Cobain had literally just died. Like literally, like a year before that or something like that. So like, so like, there was just I don't know. Like there, there was um, there's a lot of good alternative rock and. I was listening to the pavement and, and shit like that. And we saw all these CDs, you know, like all the early Wu-Tang CDs. So they were just right. My, my, my friend Wiggs and his brother shared a room. It was like a small little room. So they just both had their little section. It was like we grew up in row houses in Sharon Hill. So it was like, you know, like the rooms were like his, my room, because it was all the same rooms. The row houses were exact same house. Right. My room, which was like, you know, a real small room. Him and his brother shared that exact room just across the street. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So you can't. Everything that was his brother's, we would just see. It was all right there. So we just, like, picked up one of the CDs and just put it in. And it was crazy. I was like, yeah, we just, like, after that. Game over. Yeah, after, like, Wu-Tang really, when I was, like, 14, they got me, you know, truly, truly into into, into hip-hop. Before that, I was, like, a kid, you know? But I was, like, as a kid, I liked the shit the kids like. You know what I mean? Right. I love the Beastie Boys. I like, and I still love that picture of Vanilla Ice's hair. Yeah, and I always will. Yeah, it's you fu- have to. It's fucking cool. But yeah, you dude, know. that's so interesting because the way that I was put on was through my older brother too, and I think maybe that's that's sometimes the plus. You think you know? I'm not sure if you have older siblings or anything, but like they're all, cool. Yeah, they're cool. Yeah. Exactly. You're like, oh man, they're cool. So shit, they like must be cool. Yeah. And so I, I remember know, his, his older his older brother had a Cypress Hill hockey jersey. <laughs> I remember seeing it like. That's dangerous. It's gonna be I thought he was dangerous. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wow, that's crazy. I, I, I that, that to me when I was 14, yeah. that's dangerous. A Cypress Hill hockey jersey with a hoodie underneath? Yeah. I don't oh, know. I'm, you know that's crazy. I'm a little scared. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was cool. You know? Damn, dude. Well, that's cool because I feel like that, uh, you know, even whether you stumbled on him or not, I know you're one of the biggest hip hop heads I know. And so from there, it must have just grabbed you well, and then you jumped I mean, into the rabbit hole it was easy to become a big uh hip-hop fan in the 90s yeah <laughs> it was fucking yeah, yeah, easy i mean like it to different era, to man. get really to get like head over heels like really like you know buying every tape that comes out that week yeah. if we i had a job landscaping in the summer i couldn't buy every tape but i was buying like tapes like, right right tape. you know what i mean like i spent a lot of my money on like tapes and cds whatever i could spend i was man his, you his know? culture is just not around anymore nah, nah, man you know and we like, tape shit off the radio philly used to have excellent um excellent hip-hop radio you know they had like what was it uh pure elements and um b-sides and shit like that and they would play like Ram Squad and, and Major Figures and like 
all these yeah, Philly yeah. groups, Gilly the Kid. Yes. This this was back in like the this is a while ago. Dude, this is like the late nineties, I, I think. And actually one of my good I think it was about yeah. Homies at the gym is in was in major figures. Who? His name's Spado. Dutch and Spade. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. Spado, he um uh He's one of the guys at the gym, and I, I was talking to him about possibly topping on the podcast too. Great, great guy. Works out with a group Dutch of Dutch and Yeah, I, I remember. Yeah, they they had. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> he's a major figure. Yeah, that's us. Was a big song. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But Gilly, I heard Gilly before I heard Major Figures. I remember taping Gilly off the radio, like on tape cassettes, like back in. That's. It had to be the late nineties, like maybe nineteen ninety nine, ninety eight. I'm not entirely sure, but I remember taping. When you gotta wait for your song to come on, and then yeah, yeah, like we would, it in and that's what you did. Like yeah. we we would sit in my man Wig's uh, room, and uh, it was like the room was all beds. It was like a small, like you know, room in like a row house, a small room. So it was two beds in the room. Yeah. And we would sit on the bed with the tape deck like right across from us, and we drink forties and fucking <laughs> teenage smoke teenage blunts dream. and tape shit <laughs> off the radio, like just tape songs and. Tape new Ram Squad songs and like new, just all types of shit. You know what I mean? You guys yeah. ever think about, you know, rapping yourself or DJing or anything where you just. I mean, we, um, we, um, I used to, I started buying samplers and drum machines when I was, uh, when I was able to save up enough money to do it when I was like 19. I had like a job. I was, um, at the, when I was going to art school, I worked at, uh, my art school as a janitor after. School, I work as a janitor. I saved up money and bought a Zoom Rhythm Track 234. And then after that, a couple years later, I bought a Korg ES1 Electribe sampler. The Zoom Rhythm Track's just a straight Yo, drum machine. The bad. drums are crazy. <laughs> yeah. this, was, this was way before like Pro Tools. So you had to like hit machines. And it, I, I like hitting those machines. The machines, it makes you feel like... You know MF Doom has the whole evil, like the supervillain thing? Yeah, yeah. And, like, and then he's got the mask like Dr. Doom. Right. But then he's got like... His machines, like like Doctor Doom had the Kirby Tech, and he had all of his machines he's going to use to take over the world. And like Doom's got his machines, like with the man. I get it, like because yeah. like those machines feel like like you're like, you're, you're really doing something. something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I, I was start, I started getting the machines, and I still got them. I'll never throw them out. I'll never sell them, dude. They're it, awesome. I'm not throwing. Yeah, they're, they're the shit. Yeah, those are. That's kind of the thing now too, because those have original sounds and stuff that like are super hard to find. I like, tell you, I'll come over here with you and I'll, I'll plug some in, and I'll, I got like probably on those machines probably like 300 beats. Bro, let's and do I'll, it, you, man. We could go through them and just yeah, take. You know, if you want something, take it. You know, like if you see anything in there you could work with, absolutely, take it. You know? So was it? Were you sampling records for no for sounds? Or it was just were they just drum loops? What was it? I, the Zoom Rhythm Track Two Thirty Four was just the drums you already had on there, and you could turn down the pitch and whatnot and change the sounds all around uh. and, and like kind of make sounds that sounded like samples. Yeah, from changing the pitch around. So I would do that, and then uh, the Korg ES One, the Electribe. I would sample records on that, but I wasn't like a traditionalist, like going and digging through crates. Yeah. I just was like doing it like guerrilla style, however I could do it. So I'd be honestly taping like, I'd have a little mic and I'd just be like, I had the DVD of Batman the Animated Series and I'd tape like, they always had different songs like at the beginning, like a little theme music before yeah, the new episode and like a little intro and I'd put the mic up against the, the um, speaker on the TV, take that, chop it up, or I'd take like, Something from 
one of my tapes or take so- just sounds that I heard yeah. throughout my life and I just put them on there. But I wasn't digging through crates or anything. Right, right. Yeah. Dude, that's so interesting. So it, why, why did you choose to pursue the visuals when the music sounds like it was also a huge... Well, I was doing both. Yeah. So it it was always up. like just both were part of my life, like comic books and, and uh, music, which is... My life. That was yeah. like that was really what I was into. So ever, I was doing both. I, what's up? No, I was gonna say you ever have your boy rap on him? That guy that was that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's like- see, I we I stopped making beats because uh, and me and my man Fail were making beats for a while too. Hmm. What happened was my man, I started making beats. Then my man Fail later on got um, what is it there? Kai. Yeah. The, like the it's it's like I said an MPC. It was the shit. Yo, we would all my beats by myself. I make on the Korg Korg Electribe ES1 and the Zoom Rhythm Track. When Fail got that big ass MPC, that was amazing. We we would we would just make beats together then, and Fail would come up with the samples, and he would get the samples and chop them up, and then he would literally slide me the machine, and I put the drums and the bass on it. Oh, and dope. then we'd slide the beats to my man Raheem. And uh, Raheem would pick the ones he likes and he'd rap on them. And that's just what we did. And we were all best friends. Like I grew up with Fail and I met Ra like around when I was like 21. And him and I were together all the time for like 13 years because we just had the same, you know, um, interests. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we, we just, we were my you know, best friends. And we were making, we were making, um, an album together, and we made enough material for an album. And Fail would make the sample, and he slide it to me. I do the drums, slide it to Ra, and then but then Ra was murdered back in two, 2014 on yeah. May 29th, and then it kind of just f- fell apart after that because yeah. I it just you know like I just don't yeah I don't see Fail much anymore because he moved out to Jersey, and then I'm over here. I live with yeah. my girl, and Ra, Ra was murdered, and we just you know life. Life takes people in different directions. It, you man. know what I mean? Whatever happened to Wiggs? I haven't seen him in a long time. I haven't seen him in a long time. He has three kids, so like I just don't... You know what I mean? Like, when, it's I, weird, I, man. I'm, Life comes and goes like that. I'm just, at the age I'm at now, moving in with my girlfriend. Yeah. This is the first time I've ever lived with a woman who I'm not related to. You know what I mean? Right, like, right, yeah. right, right, right. I'm moving slow when it comes <laughs> yeah, to like yeah. relationship shit. Yeah. He had his first kid when I was still in high school. So... He, Damn, he's been about it. Yeah, yeah. Wiggs has been a father for a very long time. He he has his first kid, Nate. He's like, uh, he, I think he graduated from high school now. He's like a grown man. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. So you know, like we, and I'm just now <laughs> moving in with a girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You see, it's levels. So this like, thing, we, we went in completely different directions. Yeah, and um, yeah, though, no, yeah, yeah, that was uh. You know, so I, I just, I still got all the beats. I just haven't done I, much I with them. You, you know what I mean? Especially if you've got, you know, you've got your partner in crime. and Yeah. And, and that's kind of your dude that you make music with. And it's, it's like, it's just not the same. Yeah, you know? yeah. So the three of us, we had a, we have an album's worth of material too. We have more, more than the album's worth. But, you know, it just, life, life takes turns, you know. Yeah. See, that's another thing too with the comics. Like, with music, it's like, unless you're doing everything yourself you have to collaborate with people right and when you collaborate with people that can be tough whereas with my with comics i just sit down and do it write it draw it 
Do it. You yeah. know, it, you don't have to wait on anybody else, right. or, or there's no other ideas but your own. You know, so yeah, yeah you, you get that sort of creative control, which is yeah, yeah, and you can do it whenever you want. Thing. I can go to a coffee shop right now and do it. Yeah, I could when I'm done doing the podcast, I go, you know, work on a panel. Yeah, yeah. man, yeah. I I don't realize how prolific you were at as far as making those panels until I started like following your Instagram heavy. And you're putting out stuff all that I'm like, man, Dave is like about it. Like, well, you're at it. M- most people don't see. There's a lot of people who've done like more work than me, see, like in the Philly comic scene and all. And uh, I'm just starting to come out with some of my stuff now because I've been working on it for years. Right. Because I have like a, in comics, it's about get it done, put it out. And I'm more like, I can be a perfectionist to the point of like, it probably like hurts me. Yeah. And there's no need to be a perfectionist with their stories about people getting bottles smacked on their heads and pissed on. Like, <laughs> Yo, I don't know. It's like, your story, your story. You know what I mean? Right? Like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to be a you know, perfectionist. But, yeah. So I'm just starting to come out with stuff now. There's probably a lot of people be like, man, he hasn't even done anything. And they're right. But I've just been doing shit behind the scenes exactly. by myself and then sitting on it. And then, you know, and then money's a problem too if you want to get the shit publish you right. gotta pay for it and like that's a problem so you know and so man i feel you because as someone who had spent yeah yeah, oh, yeah. Here, no that's yeah. Oh, okay. oh, i was gonna do it while you were talking so that way we can make it seem like we're not taking breaks to grab like oh no i can always edit sodas and shit like that yeah not even cool it's like a sparkling grapefruit <laughs> beverage you know yeah, I, I gotta get one now <laughs> it's like we're drinking cold yeah, beers not even drinking sp- beers sp- it's the middle of the water. day I still haven't had my I haven't had my coffee yet I woke up late so damn yeah. man yeah. yo well I appreciate, uh, appreciate you doing this before the morning coffee mm-hmm. um, but you know as someone who's so far removed from that sort of um, cartoonist illustration world that was something that um, and some, I was interested too kind of for selfish reasons to have you on to sort of, you know, educate myself. How is that something you even break into if that's part of it? Or how do you even, um, I know you and, you know, uh, the girl both have been able to make decent money doing it. Like, but it seems so. Well, she, she does better than me. She has like, Krista has like clients and all. Yeah. That she, um, she does work for every month and she gets like a, I think, you know, she gets a, Paycheck from every month, right. something like that. You, you you interview her next. Yeah. She'll tell you better than me. Yeah, yeah. But um, you know, yeah. As far as breaking into it, it's not even something you have to break into. You just do your comics at home by yourself, then save up enough money to go to like these little shows, and then go to the shows and sell your comics, and you made it. You know what I mean? Is that what you've been doing since like twenty one, like twenty two? How did you? No, nah, I wasn't doing that at twenty one, twenty two. I was um. Damn, I started really doing that. I guess it would have been like almost, almost like ten years ago. Oh wow! Yeah, but I've never been like I'm going to more shows now because I have the first issue of Homecoming King out yeah, because yeah. the second one's like getting almost done because I have other stuff I did. I'm going to more shows now just to sell the stuff. Whereas before I would go to shows with Locust Moon or I go to shows by myself, but I was. Basically, I have new stuff to put out now, so I'm going to more shows now. Right. But I've been going to shows for like a while. I've been going to like SPX for years, and you know, just going to Cab in Brooklyn in uh, November, and just different shows, yeah. Mocha and shit like that. And yeah, you know, just yeah, but I, I um because I have new stuff now. I'm going to you know, right. promote it. Yeah. So, 
let's uh, let's take it back a little bit as far as um, you know. I know you're from around here. You're from, yeah, you from Sharon know, Hill, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Philly. At what point does you know you graduate art school? At what age? Twenty-two, something yeah. like that. So you're twenty-two, you're in Philly, you got the art degree. What? What's next? Like, well, art, what, what uh, do it a little bit. Art degree is meaningless. You know, it's kind of <laughs> like what you do with it. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, it, I believe it. At the time, because I'm from um, Sharon Hill, and Sharon Hill's in Delco. I'm from Delco. Okay. I'm a Delco dude. Yeah. So as someone who's still figuring out my areas, tell me a little bit about... Sharon Hill is by the Philadelphia airport. It's right, Sharon Hill and Darby and all are like right on the border of uh, Southwest Philly. So if we were to go right up here to Woodland Ave and just take it straight down, we go right into Darby and be like right there. Mm. Yeah. So I guess it'd be like a 15 minute car ride yeah. from here, this part of West Philly. And, uh, oh, sorry, I'm burping. It's all good. It's a carbonated beverage. <laughs> you know what I mean? People probably think I'm drinking. I'm not. <laughs> no, it's, I, I can. It's sparkling for grapefruit. We're you know? <laughs> just that gangster. We're not hitting really? the hoop, <laughs> you know. But yeah. Um. All right. So it would be uh, yeah, like a 15 minute drive from here, and uh, it's by the airport. Yeah. You know? And I I grew up there, and then I moved out when I was 22. My parents moved. Uh, oh. I was still living at home. You were, you were living at home all the way through art school, all that. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I would oh. just take the the um the train in every day. Oh shit. Yeah, because it was right in Center City. Right. So right. I take the train in, and the train from <clears throat> Center City to Sharon Hill was uh at that time it was like fifteen minutes or something like that. So I right. just take it in. It was like pretty convenient, you know. And um, then they moved, and they moved, and I lived with them when to. When they moved, I lived with them for like six months. And then I moved back to the neighborhood. I moved to Collingdale with my man Bubba. We grew up together and we got an apartment. I think he's coming over later tonight. I haven't seen him in a while. He will come over this later week, tonight. Your friends got the coolest names. Yeah. Well, I grew up in the, in the era everybody had nicknames. Right. I used to give my friends terrible nicknames. I thought it was fun, you know? <laughs> you ever but have one? A bunch, yeah. yeah. A bunch, but a, too many to name, <laughs> you know? But I, um, yeah, then we moved back to the neighborhood. So you and your boy are like, hey man, let's get a spot. I got yeah. this art degree. You're moving back. To I mean, I, I'm gonna see if I, we can yeah, make something yeah. of it. Just got like, just uh, got apartment in Colonel. Lived there for a little bit, and then he got his girlfriend pregnant, and he moved out with her. Then I moved back home for like another six months. Then I moved out to West Philly, and, and that was like, then I've been here ever since. Yeah. Okay, word. Yeah. And I've been here for like ten years. Yeah. Um, I'm old. I mean, yeah, I'm not old, old, but I'm like 36 yeah, years old. You, you know got, what I mean? Like, got, I'm a middle-aged man. You got yeah. a young spirit, though, Dave. Yeah. For real, for real. Yeah. Um, and so, growing up, mom and dad, what, what do mom and dad do? Are they artists themselves? No. No, no my, um, my father was a um, probation officer. Get the fuck out. Mm-hmm. And then uh, my mother was a paralegal. Interesting. Yeah. There, there was no artist in my family like that, like... I don't know. Maybe there are a couple people who could draw. My mom can create things. My yeah. aunt can create things. They have a creative bent. But I took it, you know, I'm more into it, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Though this is probably just my stereotypes, but those seem like two jobs that I would not, uh, you know, pin up there as far as like 
I'm maybe you know super creative. No, no, no. I mean, yeah. I guess you just kind of. I um, I just everything that I was into was very creative stuff. And like I said, I was lucky because I was I was born in the '80s and I came up in the '90s, so I was very lucky that the music that was coming out then. Like people still look back on yeah. the '90s music now. It's, it's like pop the benchmark. Yeah. Like all these new rappers and shit now. Like they all look back on that era. Like that's where they get their style from. A lot of them. You know a what lot I mean? of them. Man. And you then can hear it. Comics yeah. and shit too. Like the '90s were just like a time of excess and just it was just like just you know they had like silly shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't know. Like it was it was a it was a good. Decade for like if you want to get into that kind of shit, it's, yeah. it's very easy to get. You know what I mean? Right. So I just, oh, that's what I, I just liked it. So right. I got more to. And uh. so, um, then you're, you know, you're moving out West Philly, still, you know, drawing, cartooning, listening to, you know, boom bap shit. What are you doing to to pay the bills? I had a job, um, where I used to fix printers, and they were like these printers called um, Flexi Jets, and they there was direct to garment printers. They would um, print on like T-shirts and, and shit like that. And I got the job because they were looking for a graphic designer. And then I got there, and they just had these printers that just came out. They sold for like $30,000. And they had, Damn. yeah, they're like expensive printers. And they, um, <laughs> they, they hired me because you needed to work in graphics programs to set the files up to print for the FlexiJets. Huh. So I was doing that. And by doing that, I got to know the machine more. And then they didn't have a lot of techs, but they had all these machines out there, and they had a lot of problems with getting people's machines fixed yeah. and getting the machines installed right. They didn't have enough people Printers to do it. Printers are still a bitch, man, so like, to this day. I was just like, I knew how to do it just from doing it, just from being there, and right. I started doing it. And then um, I started getting, like, I got a pretty good rapport with the customers because, like, you know, like, yeah, I knew what I was that, doing. You got that Philly swag, and man. I just... Yeah. I ended up traveling, um, like all over the U.S. and parts of the Caribbean, just fixing these printers. And then I stopped. Then at that point, I wasn't doing any graphic design. I was just using the graphic design programs to do, you know, set up files for the mm. printers. And I was just basically, I would just travel like all over, the, just all, all different parts of the U.S. And I went to like Trinidad and Puerto Rico and just fix printers and just get people's printers up and running and hang out there for like a couple of days. I hang out with the people. Sweet gig. And then the, I I was never in the office. Yeah. I was there, but I wasn't. I'd come in, but I would always be going somewhere else. So I'd disappear to go to like Toledo for like two days. <laughs> like all the time. Some, some barbecue. And yeah, then I was back. just doing all this. And then that that's what I was doing. Um, Yeah, I was doing that. And that was, it was cool traveling, you know. I used to work on comics and like um, little hotel rooms, like in Avica, Minnesota, or BB, Arkansas. Mm. And I work on my comics in the hotel room and it was funny man and like in different parts of Louisiana Louisiana has some of the sleaziest <laughs> motels you Louisiana motels I feel like I was on I that bet. show um the first season of True Detective that's <laughs> what it felt like and I was before I was I was there before that show came out when the show came out I said oh shit I've yeah. seen that before I was um I was anytime I had to go to Louisiana and stay in one of the ho yeah. those hotels. It's just swampy, like Bro. shifty, 
people were living in there. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I'd be staying in like cheap hotels. You know what I mean? I wasn't staying in. They didn't put me up They'll in the Radisson. Yeah. I would be staying in like <laughs> yeah. some grimy motels all throughout the South. Yeah. And um, it was cool, man. Because like you would be in the hotel room. I'd work on my comics. I'd bring books to read. You know, I'm going to read Norman Mailer's Naked and the Dead in Avica, Minnesota, like right before Christmas. And it looked like the moon. It just snowed, but it was real flat ground. And there's no uh-huh. lights anywhere. It was a great, it was just, it was a nice experience. Yeah. You know? And, um, but then you'd be in your, your motel. And, you know, like the first day, a lot of times I set the printer up. The next day, it's kind of just like babysitting them. Right. Like just kind of hanging out, make sure shit's good. I, you know, the next day was kind of, it could be a cakewalk. Yeah. And just hanging out with people. And, um, you'd be in the motel, you'd be hanging out in the balcony, and there'd just be like characters all And then you, you end up like talking to them, with, with, see what they're doing in their hotel room. Just hanging out with people. I'm just <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just just wandering around, and hanging out with people, random You're people. Paid for it. Yeah, end up at like yeah. random places. I don't even know where I am, and like it was like a normal thing. And uh, I don't know. It was. Fun. <laughs> I never had any problems with anybody. That's crazy. Yeah. I feel like you, especially growing up in a city, and just kind of your, um, your vibe. I feel like you'd be good at that. At sort of being able to. Um, chame- chameleon is the wrong word because it's not like you're changing, but um, you can just sort of, you know, you're like a liquid. You know what I mean? Like yeah. You can sort of like flow with. I mean, that's how you gotta do it. Like, and- I mean, it's not that's it's not being fake, telling people what they want to hear. It's just yeah. like, okay, I'm somewhere different. When it's cold, you put on a jacket. You right. know what I mean? Like, it's a just thousand, like, man. you know, like yeah. that's what it is, you know? You can get along yeah. with people. And when it snows, you wear yeah, boots. Dude. When not, don't wear the boots. Like, that's what it is. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yo, and it's cold, I mean, and boots on. I want to say too, uh, Sharon Hill, where I grew up, that's not considered the city. Delco, that, that's considered the suburbs. Sharon Hill's considered the suburbs of, of, of Philly. Oh, okay. Delco is considered the suburbs, not the city. It's I guess to compare it to New York, I don't even know if I how I could compare it to New York. Are you familiar with like New York City and then yeah. that, that the areas outside? Maybe it'd be like Yonkers. Word. I don't know. Like I, just a little bit. Um, maybe parts of Long Island. I, I don't really know. Because, I know what you mean. But it's, see, it's not far away from. Right. It's literally right. It's right there. there. So I, I don't know how to. But it was they were suburbs. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I I feel that it'd be like, uh, um, yeah, something like that where you're kind of right outside, but. Yeah, not, not quite in city limits. Um, so you're selling printers and and you know hanging out with characters of all sorts. And then yeah. what what happens? You know, does the you decide to switch it up from there? Or no, does... that was right when um, Obama first got in office, and then the economy was oh, in a fucked right. up place. Yeah, yeah. And I ended up getting laid off. But what happened was, I um I couldn't find a job making what I used to make. When I had to fix the printers, because they pay they pay me pretty well. Yeah, hey, if they're flying you around, man. That's, yeah, you know, I had like a company credit card, a company phone. That's not a bad gig. Yeah, like they paid for my phone and all this and that, and um, they paid pretty well because they, I was in a position they had to rely on me to to do this shit. So right. like, they paid pretty good, and um, so then I got laid off. I couldn't find anything like making what I used to make, and the money I was getting from unemployment was more than these jobs were offering, like a decent amount more. So I just was like I collected unemployment and just kept making my comics. And in that time, I had this time, this time on my hands. I just started doing more comics. And then that was the time that was when Locust Moon and everything we all came together. Off. And then in that time period, that's when um the the Once Upon a Time Machine book came out, which that was the first time I was like 
published. Okay. Not not self-published, but yeah. published by Dark Horse Publishing. And they're a, they're a bigger publisher. They I feel like I've heard that. They Dark before. Horse, they publish um, a lot of shit. Yeah. You know, they just, they're like a real well-known publisher. Yeah. So how um, is someone, you know... Hellboy. I think they publish Hellboy. Oh, Hellboy's huge. I think, I think he's... Is he... I get them all. Movies I get mixed up. They used to publish the Star Wars books and all. They they're like a big publisher, yeah. So big. big that deal. was while I was collecting unemployment. I was working on the comics. That was the yeah. That's that was this. That was this. That's that stage. the time period. Yeah. So then, riddle me this: as um, an outsider, how do you get published in one of those? You that, know, that all just came together because we um. There was a thing called, damn, what was it? Digital webbing. Uh, and all the guys around Locust Moon were on there. And it was like forums oh, for yeah. people to talk. Online. Uh, yeah, about comic books with like yeah. online. And, it's like Reddit or some shit. You just go through. And yeah. and it, I was on there, but I didn't really, I've never been the type of guy to talk to people online like that. Right. I, I just, I'm not that kind of yeah. guy. Yeah, different I, generation. I, I just, yeah, like that's not my thing. I always kind of looked at internet chat rooms as like, that's where like weirdos hang out to like pick <laughs> yeah. up little kids. We don't do that shit. Yeah, so yeah. like, I, why would I be on there? Right, you didn't like, grow up on it. Yeah, like yeah. that's just, yeah. Like I'm not trying to, I'm not a fucking creep. So why would I do, but... That is an outdated way of looking at the world. But I, forums but, just, it, it wasn't for me. I got you. But people were all on there. And then through that, people started making stories. Um, and uh, then we just put all the stories together. And then we start pitching it to different publishers. We made an anthology. See, we went there with a product that was already finished. Oh, so you and homies to, already got it together. Yeah, like, we, we just did everything. And then started pitching oh, it. Oh, that's to, half the battle. If, if you done. just, if you were like, once you have a name, I guess you could just go with an idea, and they're like, "Well, you're you. You can do that." Right. But if you don't have a name, you have to have the shit done, show and, and then go to the publishers, just like you would like a record label, Absolutely. and say, "Look at here. It's right here. Listen to it. They're, look at it. Read it. It's done. We already did it." Yeah. You know, because you don't have a name to come with an idea, so you have to come with an actual product, and that's what we did, and. You know, we, we couldn't get a, a publisher for a while. And then we did an article with City Paper, which was an old uh, free Philadelphia newspaper. If you ever see orange boxes around the, the city, it says City Paper yeah. on it. There's Philadelphia Weekly and there's City Paper, and there's the Metro. And they're like the free ones. And City Paper, uh, they, we did an article with them, and they put us on the cover. It was like an illustration of all of us on the cover. I have it. It might be hanging up in the apartment. That's tight. It's like it's a good memory. And they came and they did an interview. And then that was right. What was that? Right around the time we found out Dark Horse was gonna publish it. I'm getting the events mixed up a little bit. Right. The, yeah, but then, yeah, right around the same time, you know. And so is there a reason you chose to do it kind of um an anthology with your partners rather than just going for it and saying hey these are dave's well I, I was doing that too okay i was doing um you know i was doing my own thing too but we had a like there was like a feeling of momentum yeah when we first started all coming together because we all wanted to be involved in comics and we were all doing the same thing and we we started like forming like a like a clique like a group, mm. and we just started all working together and putting shit. Cool. You know what I mean? Like yeah. so, it's like I was doing my own thing, but like there was 
when we all got to, there was an energy when we all got together right. that we were all like want to do the same thing and we're working towards it. Yeah. So like, there is something to be said for like having like a like a, a team like a Wu Tang or that, something. I was gonna then say you'd be maybe like, the cartoon is Wu Tang, right? Because you you all just get together and that momentum will keep you going. And then you know, and it, I think it it elevates you sometimes because it's not that there's competition, but there's this friendly, um, you know, a sort of. Uh, aspect of seeing other people's work, and, yeah. and so then you want to elevate your game, you know. Like my, you know, if I ever link up with homies that, um, you know, on their songs, ever it makes me go, okay, you know, he's nice, and it's not like I'm trying to beat him, but I say I gotta come with it, you know. What yeah, I mean? because I, he's that's dope. that's how it felt, and especially too, if you're not the one who's like the favorite, right? Or you're not the <laughs> right. one who's like the one everyone's like checking for him. Yeah, yeah. If you're not like the method man, right? If you're like one of the ones who's like kind of like, if you're like the sixth most, <laughs> the, sixth dude. the sixth most talented, the sixth most whatever, then it makes you like, oh, I got to really gotta do my it. own thing. You know what I mean? And yeah. like really bring, yeah, just bring it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so, you know, I, I was, um, those were really good years, man. Those were really good years. When I look back on that, you know, like it sounds dope. Locust Moon that that era. We were together all the time, and it was just we had a lot of um, moments where it felt like victories, and we were all together, and it was it was a, it was a lot of fun. You know, I met a lot of people through that that I still I still love very dearly. Yeah. You know, and it was just those were really good years. Yeah. Whatever whatever happened to them? The store shut down because like it's you know comic store is tough to run you right. know people don't want to buy anything and then it just people started moving around different parts of the country and then life goes on yeah you know, same same stories same everything story. else people just move it, on it's strange how how the older i get the more i'm starting to realize that and sort of feel it that like life and friends it happens in phases yeah. you know it's like you'll have certain people in your life that you they come into your life maybe for a reason or maybe not yeah. but, you, but you sort of need them at that point and yes it, it it's but it doesn't necessarily have to be forever you know where you'll still have those memories and you'll still be friends and you can reach out but um now that i'm getting older too and you know friends are having spouses and having yeah. kids whatever that like you just to appreciate people while you got them because yeah because they're gonna go it, away yeah. or they're gonna die <laughs> right. or they're, i mean they will <laughs> they will and i didn't truly understand it's a way to look like at the it. depth of the passage of time until i was like 35 I'm still wrestling th with it now th 35 it hit me i don't know why but 35 was a year like it hit me the passage of time yeah. like what it really means yeah you know so now like you and i are, are having this podcast and you're my neighbor, right. and we get along great. Yeah. And like you know, I, I, every time I see you, we have a good time. We want to go to the record store, yeah, yeah. and we got the Alice Coltrane record. Were you there? Was that? I was. That was yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> but you see what I'm saying? Like, yes. this is a moment in time. Three yes. years from now, who knows where I'll be, where you'll be? Right. Because like I've had, I've been in West Philly for ten years, and I've had a lot of neighbors, and a lot of neighbors I loved. I can't even remember all their names. Right. Because it was like. When you live in an apartment building with six apartments in it, and you actually people. become friends with everybody, you lived there for eight and a half years, and then time goes on, you meet like a hundred people. Like, <laughs> right, people and, come and go. And, and like, you don't, yeah, people come and go. And like, there's people like I love, we'd, we'd be over there like cooking and whatever. Yeah. Right? But then time goes on and just life, you know? You, you just yeah. gotta appreciate it and can't hold on to it so desperately, I think, that it. That it you know eats at you because you yeah. just that's what and that's what I'm still wrestling with now is I guess transitioning to this other 
you know, part of my life now that I'm getting a little bit older. Yeah. And, um, that it, you do see that it, like you said, it just go, it kind of starts to speed up on you. Yeah. Where when you're young and you're in the same spot for, I don't know, 18 years, it seems like those people, because you know you're going to see them every day. You go to school. Oh, whatever, yeah. You know, whatever. And then when you grow up, you just, it's just, uh, it's an interesting thing. And so, you know, as far as you and sticking around in West Philly, was it, um, intentional as far as you wanted to be close to family was it you just love philly was it i, I was working in north philly off of d and erie by erie torsdale l stop and i was um traveling there every day and then i'd go all the way back to uh delco every uh. day so every day when i live with my man bubbling kind of i had to take a trolley and then the subway Damn. and then from there, once I got to Erie Tours, though, I could walk, like the fifteen-minute walk to work, that's or I might just hop on a bus. Though, so man. It, you got to leave like an hour and a half early. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was what that's what it was—an yeah. hour and a half early. So then I, um, I knew I was like, you know what? Once I started making you know, good money and yeah. I could like, you know, like get a, get my own little spot, I was like, well, I'm gonna move in Philly closer to work. And all my buddies I work with, they were telling me they all live in North Philly. All the guys I work with. And this was like old school North Philly. So like pretty real. Yeah, like it was like like the all the guys are all like the Irish guys I work with, they'd be like, Man, move to Fishtown, man, move to Fishtown. This was when Fishtown was all Irish. And like all like the Puerto Rican dudes I work with, they'd be like, now move over here by like cause we used to go to this bar, Tony's Way by Burke's L Stop, and it was like all Puerto Ricans in there. And we'd <laughs> yeah, just be yeah. in there drinking. They'd be like, Come on, move over by us, you know, by Burke's and yada yeah. da. And I'd be like, I loved all those guys. I'm like, I don't want to live around you guys. I see you all day at work. I want to get enough distance between us where you can't come bother yeah. me, but I can come see you. <laughs> right, right. Separate and life and They would be laughing like, you piece of shit. Like, I'm like, <laughs> I, you know, I've got genuine love for you guys, yeah. but, but I'm going to go. I would, if you're all in North Philly and we work there, I'm going to go to South Philly right, right. or West uh, Philly. West, I'm getting Just because I'm the type of person that needs a, like my own little. Absolutely. Especially if you're a cartoonist yeah. or you know, illustrator. Like, yeah, like, do art stuff. You got to have that time. Yeah, and I keep my own counsel and I like uh, to be not separated from. I just like to kind of just have enough space between me and the rest of the world. Right. Like, yeah. No, so I, a thousand. I was on the subway. And uh, the train broke down the blue line at 40th and Market. They said, okay, you got to get out. And then you could take um, the, the a bus will come pick you up and bring you to 69th Street. And the bus was taking a while. So I just like started wandering around. Yeah. And then I started walking out 40th. And then I saw like Marvelous Records. I was like, man, they got record oh. stores here. And then I saw like the little bookstore, Last Word Bookshop. I was like, oh, this is really cool. And I started walking around some more. And I was like, I really like this neighborhood. I really like this. This is yeah. nice. And I said, I'm going to move here. And then I, then I moved there a couple months later. Last word bookshop, man. I pass there all the time. I love it. That's a great bookstore. Yes. And they have an excellent selection. And once, you know, like you get to know them, I go in there a couple times a year and I bring bags of books that I already read. And I, I got some, they know I got good stuff at yeah. this point. I got good stuff. So I'll just bring bags of books, comics, and different novels I already read. And I'm not going to reread them. At this point, they're just taking up space on my shelf. So when like people come over, they're like, ooh, you're so yeah, well read. Yeah. Like, so I don't need that you shit. You need the swag. Like, I, I, don't, the back. Just, I, need to, just, I need to unclutter my life. So right. books I'm not going to read again, uh, I'll either give them to a friend or I'll take them over there. And then I'll take them over there and they'll give me like $70 store credit for like 
I'll give them like three hundred dollars worth of books. Yeah, but it's cool. It's fine with me because yeah. now I got seventy dollars through credit. And then on a, on a Saturday, I wander around there and just take a look around. I got some books I got to bring there now. What? I got some books I got to bring there now actually, and it's a great way to spend a Saturday. It really is. Dude, I just real. wander a Sunday, wander around the bookstore, get some ice cream or something. Yeah. Bring make, my you know my girlfriend. I'll be with me. Make She'll pick it. some things out. I'll pick some things out. Bring them back. Read them. Probably a year later, bring, bring them back, back to the, them and back. It's just a cycle. But, cyclical thing. You know, it's interesting you say that because when I was in college, when I was young, little, avid reader, mm-hmm. and everything, you name it, sci-fi, mystery, whatever, um, went to college, and then you had to read so much, I was like, dude, I'm not trying to read other shit. And it wasn't until I got out of school and was out on my own again, and especially when I moved back here to Philly, um, that I started reading again, and it's really become a part of my life, especially yeah. with the free library. You know, oh, in yeah, Philly, yeah. is an awesome system that, like, now I'm just plowing through stuff, and it's it's a hobby I really miss. Yeah, like, it's it, it's something you need to do. Yeah. You know, like it, it just it feels good. You and, know, and it's a great way to learn. Yeah, you know, just, I'm like that's one of my favorite ways to learn new stuff. Well, I um. When I went to art school, they don't ask you to read shit. <laughs> You're in art school, so I don't have to read anything. It's not yeah. like normal school. Yeah, I don't have to do. I don't have to read any books. So they made me go out and then read about the stuff I wanted to learn about. So like, I got real into uh, Hunter S. Thompson. Yo, who's like my favorite. Fear and you know Loathing. I mean? Yes. Well, I, I ever read on um, the Great Shark Hunt? It's like all of his like uh, his journalism stuff. That was like before. Uh, I think it was. I think it was before like Fear and Loathing I and Hell's it. Angels. It was before that. It was before he really went full Gonzo. But yeah. his first Gonzo piece, the Kentucky Derby, is decadent and depraved, is in there. I have it, and it's one of my favorites. If you want to borrow it, it's right. I, I got it right there. I would love to, man. And um, I'm actually gonna this winter. I, I want to. Well, I I got really into Hunter S. Thompson. I got really into like Charles Bukowski. Some Jack Kerouac I really liked, you know. And I, I started just reading other books for the first time. Like I want to reread this winter. I'm rereading stuff now. Where? I want to reread um, Charles Bukowski's Women, um, Autobiography of Malcolm X, Cormac McCarthy's Blood Meridian. I want to reread all these right this winter. That's what I want to do anyway, you know. Uh, Autobiography of Malcolm X is my favorite book. Really? Yeah, that, you- that, that that's that's required a reading. For any American, it's required. Reading. I need that's, for that's, any American. That's on my list. That I need. You need. To I got a copy. Out. If you want to check it out, yeah, I didn't. You know? I need to start just paying you and, and rent. I, I mean, books, I read man. it. I read it twice, but then I always like I read it like once every like five years. It seems like because it's just it's good it, to reread stuff too because you you forget. It gives you a lot of inspiration. It also shows you like what true integrity is. Yeah. True integrity, you know, like. Not this bullshit now where people like post shit online. Right. Like, here's what I am. I'm gonna help out. You ain't yeah. doing shit like true <laughs> integrity. Yeah, he had it. He had the very definition of it. He was a man of principles. Mm-hmm. You know, like true principles, and they they don't make that anymore. I love that book. That's that's required reading, I think, for any American. And the Blood Meridian is. Um, it took me a year to read that book because the way Cormac McCarthy writes is like in such a. Almost like a biblical language. He he just writes like it's like it's something out of like Revelations or some <laughs> shit. And it took me a year to read it. I didn't even know if I liked it when I was reading it. And then when I finished it, I was like, man, it's one of my favorite books. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know why. Like he's like, it's so I gotta revisit that. And then um 
Charles Bukowski is women's one of my favorite. If you, you ever get read anything from Charles Bukowski, I, I haven't, man. I'm saying I this got is it. Crazy. Let me let you hold something. Yeah, let me let you let hold, me hold something. something. I got yo Charles Bukowski. Yo, ham on rye. I think Krista has ham on rye, which is amazing. I'll get it all. We're <laughs> done doing the podcast. Don't go get ham on rye. It's fucking amazing. It's, it's a Charles Bukowski is an amazing writer. You know, and I got into him. My man Byron put me on there, and then um. I don't know. I want to reread a bunch of shit. I want to reread Norman Mailer, Naked in the Dead. But he writes that book like it's like an instructional manual for war. It's yeah. weird the way he writes. Yeah. What is it that you like about um, the guy who just told me? Because each of these guys that you mentioned to has a very definitive style. Yeah. Like a lot of them you know, have this sort of, uh, you know, it's a little out there. You yeah. know, sometimes it's, but I like that. Um, that vibe too, you know. Hunter yeah. Thompson, you're like sometimes you don't know if you're reading a, a guy who's a genius or a madman, yeah. you know, or maybe a mixture of both. But yeah. um, who school me a little bit on was it Bukowski? Yeah, yeah. Bukowski. I mean, he um, he, it's like he brought genius and poetry to like like the factory workers and shit oh, like that. Cool. He's like a blue collar guy, Why? and he worked at the post office, and he talked about these things like. Working in a factory, working at the post office, being, being a a, a regular like blue collar like human being, yeah. and he brought real poetry and, and and beauty to that. He could describe those situations and not in a pretentious way because I hate pre- pretentious <laughs> shit. I'm not like that. Yeah, it yeah. turns me off. In like a comedic way, in a in a in a loving way, but like it's I can't explain it. You gotta read some, right. you know. You got it. Yo, you know what? I'll let, I'll let you borrow some of this stuff. I was going to say. really good. Yeah, really I'd love good. to, man. Yeah. If you had the gift, and then, you know, we're coming up on an hour, so I'll let you go here. I've got a couple yeah, yeah, do you f- think, five yeah. questions for you here. But if you had to gift maybe three or four of your, some of your favorite books. Yeah. Um, to you? To me, or, okay. or maybe in general, what are like your, some of your favorite books to gift? Because I know I have my go-to. Four? You, four yeah, four or five. Five. Maybe. All right. Yeah. So I'll give you... Um, autobiography of Malcolm X. I give you Hunter S. Thompson, The Great Shark Hunt. I give you Charles Bukowski's. I'll give you Women. That'd be the one. Okay. Um, let me see. You're, because you're a little bit younger than me and you're a hip hop fan, I'll give you Ego Trip's Book of Rap List, which is great. <laughs> and I got it in my apartment. You could borrow that tonight. That book is the shit. If you're like a a, a fan, like a hip hop fan, interested in like 80s, yeah. 90s, 80s, 90s hip hop, it pretty much stops at the year 2000. Because that's when it was published. So I, since you're a fan, I'm talking to, for you. Somebody else, I wouldn't give them that because yeah. if they're not a fan they wouldn't understand but you would so I'll give you Ego Trip's book of rap list great book and I'll give you um, you're a little bit older now so you might not like it as much I loved it when I was like 24 hmm. um, but I might think it's maybe even a little bit naive and corny at times now, but I loved it so much when I was 24. I got to reread it. Um, so because you've never read it, I, I, hold on, maybe you've never read it. Jack Kerouac's On the Road? I haven't. I would I would but think that. I, it's, it's one that I know has been incredibly influential for yeah. a ton of people. It's like, I loved it when it came out. Oh, not when it came out. I mean, I right. loved it when I read, when you read it. it. When I, but I was at that age where like, just there's still wonderment. Like you still have a sense of wonder when you're yeah. like 24. I'm 
at the age I'm at now, I might be like, this is corny, <laughs> fuck this, but I'm going to reread it. You know, I, I don't know how I'd feel about it now. Dude, it's interesting, um, you, because this book, Into the Wild, which I, I read and really loved, and it was a kind of at a point in my life where I was like, man, that sounds so cool, like, just pack it up and, like, go see, you know, traveling or whatever, and then you get a little bit older and you're like, dude, this guy... It was mentally ill. Yeah, yeah, like he was such an idiot to not tell anybody where he was going. No preparation. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then he it has some, a romantic exactly, quality to it. You still can bind to the romance. And then, a bit, then you, you know? get older, there is no romantic quality. Like, what <laughs> yeah, the fuck yeah. are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Kerouac's on the road is about traveling <laughs> all over America. Yeah. But it was, in, it was in like, I think it was in the 50s or something. It's a different time in America. Right. You could hitchhike, and it was right. just different. You know? Yeah, it wasn't, there probably wasn't the, my, my pops even, I talked to him a lot um, about, Hitchhiking, because he, when he was when he was younger, he did a lot of hitchhiking, yeah. and how he was like it was just he's like there wasn't this crazy idea of everyone's a serial killer, and because you like it wasn't Law and Order was on twenty four seven, so you don't have this crazy perception of the world that yeah. you know stay in the apartment because everyone's he was like they were just normal people. Some would pick you up and be a little odd, or some people would pick you up and they'd be fine and you'd be friends. It was like it, it wasn't even a thing, yeah, you know. So they well, they they did a good different. job in America the last thirty years of putting the fear in us. Absolutely, you know, man. They, you're supposed to be afraid of everything. Absolutely, be afraid of it. People look different than you. Be afraid of them. Yo, yeah. they use they use social media to make us hate each other and be afraid of each other all Dude. fucking day long. But then when I go out and talk to the people. No problems. Yeah, no problems. You know what I mean? Like, no problems. Yeah. But then on social media, they make it like, no, 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 stay away. Dude, like, it's fucking sad, man. Yeah, when we were young, and for you probably even more so, growing up, because, you know, we grew up way, way out in the country, but, so you still kind of knew everybody, but it wasn't like, like, text me your location. It was just like, okay, you're going to so-and-so's, don't drink the... You know the Clorox bleach. You know, what I mean? yeah. <laughs> like it's just like, and then you go and kick with your homies for a couple of days, and hopefully their parents were chill, and yeah. you know, and you didn't break anything, and you know, you didn't cause too much trouble. It was just kind of what it was. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's different now. Yeah, you know, it is. But well, you know, well, yo, so D, let me let me these. I wrote some Dave some Dave approach questions for you, and then I'll I'll get you out of here. Okay. Um, just some. Chris is making chicken. Oh, dope. Do you want a piece? Okay. Yo, I might have All to right. snap. Because last time you made something that was yeah. popping. Well, I put garlic. I could Le- I use all natural ingredients on my chicken. I put garlic, lemon, crazy Jane. I like crazy Jane salt seasoning. Oh, and I then I have different that. types of seasoning. We have a curry seasoning. That's, That's what you smelled what last smelled. time. I came in. I was like, I like that. something was popping. You got to have. I like all natural ingredients. So I use garlic and lemon. So, oh, well, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a yeah. question, but I'm saying when we're done, we get some chicken. She's, <laughs> Yo, she's making that's, some chicken. That's the way to do it. I'll get you. I'll get you back over there. Hey, no rush, um, no rush, okay, no more. rush. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I was like, because I know we spoke a little bit before, and I was like, well, let me just get some. I was like, let me just come up with some weird stuff for you. So, yeah. um, what's your favorite? Then these might be hard. So if you can't think of anything, we'll just do what's one of your favorites. Favorite comic that you own and your favorite record. Um. It's always a new comic, um, so I'm just gonna go with right now. Right now, because I know all time is all hard. Right. So, but right now, what's what's got right you now? It's either Black Goliath four, where he's fighting Stiltman on the cover. I think it's three or four, but he's fighting Stiltman on the cover. Jack Kirby did the cover. The cover's amazing. Jack Kirby cover with uh, Black Goliath and uh, Stiltman from the '70s. The colors and all like. Black Elias costume is like a like a 
almost like a royal blue, a, a sky blue with like yellow. And Stiltman's costume is all silver, but there's a lot of blues in it because it's like the reflection of things off the silver. Uh. And then they're both fighting up like kind of at the top of the buildings. And then there's like the, 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 the everything about the cover. It's just great. I love it. I love that cover. It might be one of my all-time favorite covers. Did you covers. put it on Instagram? Yeah. I think I saw it. I was like, this yeah, sounds familiar. It's I think on I there. saw it. And then I, I also, um, I have an issue of Journey into Mystery where they reprinted Amazing Fantasy 9, I think it was, with Tim Booba, who was like one of <laughs> Steve Ditko's monster characters. And Stan Lee wrote it, and Steve Ditko drew it. The cover's amazing. And there's like a five-page Steve Ditko story in there. Stan Lee wrote, Steve Ditko drew it. It's just crazy. I love it. I love, those are my two favorites right now. Word. Six months from now, I'll be something different. Hey, man. You know? But it comes to stages. Yeah. Oh, what's got your ear right now? Music-wise, Music right wise. now? Um, I mean, for the last couple... Something been on repeat? I mean, well, I can't pick one. For the last couple months, I've been going back to... Uh, I listen to a lot of Alice Coltrane. Oh, Because dope. like her, her World Galaxy album is amazing. Her Monastic Trio album is amazing. She She's amazing. I need to and th- this summer, I, I'm a big John Coltrane fan. He has a documentary called Chasing Train. Denzel Washington does the narration. And they had advanced screenings in Philly in July. And I went to go see one with uh, Krista. And the documentary was amazing. And we'd already been, you know, listening to Alice Coltrane before that. But she's heavily in the documentary like because you know i mean they, they were married and yeah they, they lived together you know yeah so i should see that though man it's I'm, really I mean, good in the documentary is heavy it's re- i mean i don't know if it's in theaters yet there was like an advanced screening but when it goes in theaters you should check it out dude so i've been listening to um you know alice coltrane i've been listening to um rock marciano oh, yo. yeah rock marciano nice. that, that mark berg album and his new album is uh, Rosebud's Revenge? It came out a couple months ago. That's that's a great album. Yo, I'm a rock Marciano that's fan. So, that's so. Funny, I got man. into like the last last year and a half. I got into rock Marciano because he's one of those slept on New York dudes. Big time, big time. Where like he'll just pop up. I was I got onto him because he came up on a lot of features. Like I would listen to um, like stuff like older stuff by like some rhyme sayers guys like evidence he'd pop up on or like Pharrell Monch yeah, type yeah. Of, you know what I mean like New York dudes and I kept seeing them I was like who's this rapper but I never really got one of his albums and would just listen to him he would just like I wouldn't recognize the voice so distinct and he'd pop up and just slay every verse the dude's on you he, know what I mean he just like he's a wordsmith yeah he comes out he, of nowhere you know what I look at like some there's different categories of rappers like like I look, Cormega is a writer. Yeah, Cormega is he. He's a he's a writer. He can sit there and his 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 writing is amazing. And I'd say Rock Marciano is like a wordsmith. Yes, he he's the kind of he'll just have like the slickest shit. A modern day Doc Holliday e- behind these prize ever. Days. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like he oh, just shit. has that slick shit. Yeah, whereas like. There's just different kinds of yeah. rappers. So like he he's a wordsmith type. He's he just got all the like, slick shit. Damn, yeah. that shit was fly. And I, so I've been listening to a lot of rock, Word. a lot of rock Marciano. And then um, last week at work, I was on second shift and shipping by myself. So I started breaking out all these old tapes, and I I broke out my old uh, Just Ice tape. His album is it called Justisms? On the front cover, he's got his the teeth. It says Just Ice in the teeth <laughs> with the hat. 
I forgot how great that album is. That that Just Ice album, I think it's called Justisms, that you know, like on tape. Yeah. That album, it's very sparse. It's just a lot of like drum breaks and then a little sample here and there. And the sample doesn't even go through the whole song. It goes like <laughs> the sample's like one little part of the song, and then the rest just goes back to those drum breaks with no sample behind it. And the shit is, yo, that album is the shit. That's a great album. I was bumping that at work. I just kept putting it on, like, man. This and I had Mad Villain at work. Yo, Mad Villain. Yeah, I was classic. bumping that. And um, I was, last week, I was big on John Lennon for a couple days. Right. Um, This week, though, um, this week, to be honest with you, I'm um, I'm doing my uh, my Rock Marciano. Right. I listen to a little Alice Coltrane. I've been listening to um, Donovan. We had the song Atlantis and Hurdy Gurdy, man. I've been listening to a lot of Donovan the last couple of days. Huh. I guess that would be the most recent, like the last three days. Yeah. Donovan. I've been listening to a lot of Donovan. You know, that's. You got to put me on. I'm not. I'm not oh, he had familiar. a song Atlantis. He had a song Hurdy Gurdy, man. Mellow Yellow. Donovan's one of those forgotten singers from like, I think it was the 60s, 70s. And uh, people don't remember him. Yeah. He has so many songs that were like, yo, he has great songs, but people just forget about Donovan. You yeah. Know? He's one of those forgotten guys. They shouldn't. He's got some, that song, Hurdy Gurdy Man, is amazing. I was going to say, I'm, you know, yeah. one of those where it's like, I, you know, I, I'll. Atlantis might be my favorite song of all time. Huh. You know? That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, okay, well, if you had to give a TED Talk. What's a TED Talk? <laughs> Never heard of a TED Talk? Nah. Okay, well, then we'll scrap I'm that not question. with all this millennial shit. I don't What is a TED Talk? It's like uh, they'll, they'll bring in like um, uh, like experts, like scientists or businessmen or artists to like talk about a topic. But we'll just rephrase the question. Let's say if you had to be an expert then yeah. in something, if you could yeah. be an expert in anything, and I could just magic wand, Dave, you're an expert in XYZ, what, what, would, it, what would it be? And it had to be um, outside of like your music like I guess I had to be something different. There's two ways to answer the question. Like, for me, for my own personal interest. Yeah. Well, let me say this. When you say expert, would I be the best in that field? Let you know. Let's play hypotheticals. Let's say best in the field. Then, for my own personal interest, I would probably choose something that, that's dealing with like the ocean. You know, just so. And David, I did not see that coming <laughs> at, at all. I would probably choose something that. What. For my own personal interest, yeah. I would probably choose something that was dealing with the ocean, and my second choice would be architecture, and like study at the Frank Lloyd Wright Institute, and then be the expert, the greatest be, architect yeah. in the world, yeah, you know, or the greatest oceanographer in the world. Why? But the, but I wouldn't go that route because huh. if you're going to be the best, and you could just wave a wand on me, yeah. at that point, I think I have responsibility to humanity so right. i'd probably go into medicine cancer research or something oh, because if i'm if you can just hit soul if yeah. you can wave your wand yeah. on me and make me the best yeah. then i might as well be the best at something that's going to save lives because at that point it's not about i want to hang on a boat all day <laughs> yeah. I just wanna, that's what i want to do but it doesn't matter at that point i want to be an architect but it doesn't matter at that point yeah. if, if you could wave a wand on me yeah then i would go with something yeah something Dude. in medicine or cancer research or something like that to to, I would just find out the thing that would save the most lives, I guess, and then I would do that if I'm gonna be the best. Right. If I was like the 300th best, <laughs> if I was like fucking, I'm going on the, the boat. 300th <laughs> best, then I would go into like something with oceanography, something, dude, something like that. That's so you got a bigger heart than me, dude. Like either way, I'm like I'm trying to make this money. Oh, well, you know what though? Once you, 
If we had a magic wand, though, that's to make you hit, the bro. best, you could zap me with the wand. Like, you're now the best. You got a responsibility at that point to humanity. That's my That's the Spider-Man quote, opinion, man, with great power. You know? But if, if you said, you are the 387th best, I'm going to go hang on the boat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go hang on the boat. Thank I'm going to go hang on the boat. <laughs> There's 386 people better than me. You don't need me. I'm going to go hang on the boat. But if I'm the number one guy, Dude, then a, I'm going to try to help some people. Because what else are you going to do? You know way to mean? answer that. Yeah. I, that's really dope, Dave. You got, you, got a, you got a big heart than me. Nah, well, um, well, what am I going to do with it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. And then last few. Um, what was some of the best advice you've ever been given? A guy gave me this advice named Jim Blanchard. I used to um, fix printers with him, and he was uh, he would do trade shows. He was an old timer from Chicago, and uh, he gave me this advice in regards to women. Okay, but I, that. as time went on, took it as in regards to people. Why? Because once you you can't even break them down at this point into like these are the girls, these are the boys. It's like just, just people. what applies to one applies to the other. Yeah. People. People. But basically, it's. When you choose people, you know, you only have two choices to make. Loneliness or irritation. If you're not around them, you're lonely. If you are around them, you're irritated. Which one do you, can you deal with more of? Right. And then that's, that's what the answer is. Do you want to be around people or not? If, you, if, you're, if, if they irritate you to the point where it's like you feel like you're going to go crazy, go with loneliness. You're going to be a little lonely, but is there, there's a peacefulness in loneliness. Yes. You know? Yeah. Where, but there's companionship and irritation. So whatever you want to do with people. Bro, that's you know? a gem. Yeah. But he was talking about his wife. He's an old timer. He said, Dave, let me tell you something. Let me tell you. I've been married for 50 years. And when it comes to women, you choose loneliness and irritation. And I was looking at him like, you're a genius, Jim. <laughs> Yo. But then I kind of looked at it like, that goes for all people, though. Bro, oh, a thousand. Cool. Yeah, the yeah. way that you just explained it, too, is that, that is genius, man. Peacefulness. Loneliness, companionship, and irritation. That's yeah. bro, I'm stealing that. And he, he was a, he was a printer salesman from Schaumburg, Illinois. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? He, and, but you get good advice from yeah. normal people, man. Yo, for you know, real. I don't want to get advice from like rich celebrities because they're it, out of it, touch. It, they're out of touch with people. Yeah. yeah, like you know, those are the dudes that are gonna tell it to you straight. Too. Guys who just you know? like they're in their seventies, they've been married to the same woman fifty years, yes. selling printers. You get some advice from them. Straight up, that is some. Yeah, yeah, grounded in some very form of grounded reality, in reality. You know? Yeah, no, I'd rather take that. Yeah. Um, all right, last two. If you could have any artist dead or alive play at your funeral, who would it be? Musician? Yeah, it would be John Coltrane. Yeah, yeah, that'd be that'd be dope. I don't really have to think about yeah. that. Yeah, because John Coltrane is is be cool he, too. If you really get into him too, he's it's almost godlike in what he can do in his music. I don't know if he was all the way human. I, I mean, it's I so, really have been sleeping on John Coltrane. Yeah, I was listening yeah. to an interview the other day with one of my favorite um, rappers. I forget what station it was on, and they were talking about, they were like, yeah, I've been listening to Col John Coltrane for ages. And like, yeah. shoot, they're like, I don't listen to a lot of hip-hop. They're like, I listen to a lot of John Coltrane. I'm yeah, like, man, too. I need to get onto it. I, I listen to John Coltrane. Almost like I have like, like, like five types of music I really listen to. Right. A lot of 90s, a lot of, not 90s, but just boom bap hip hop. Classics. You know? Then like a lot of uh, jazz, a lot of funk, and then 
John Coltrane, Jay Dillon. <laughs> like, <laughs> they're they're, they're almost two genres. Like, you know? And when I and I, when I do listen to rock, I listen to a lot of John Lennon. I like John Lennon. You like Lennon. the Jays, man. You I got, like John you got, Lennon. You got some Jays. My, my middle name is yeah. Jay. My father's Maybe name is Jay. That's you know? what it is. Yeah. All right, last one. I'll get you out of here. Um, if you had to have... This is a, this is a Dave special. If you, okay. had, if you had to have a sandwich named after you, what would be on it? Oh. The name of the sandwich would be Hogzilla. <laughs> oh, That's shit. the name of the sandwich. And it would be that little green sauce, pesto or whatever. Yes. That would be on there. Yes, bro. I pesto. have some provolone cheese. Okay. Some thin gouda on there. Mm. I would have some arugula on there. Okay. We're going backwards. We're going to get to the meat later. Okay, I was going to say you're saving the best for last. The, the roll would be, like, uh, I'll keep it simple. One of, like, an Amoroso's roll, which is... Keep it Philly, man. Yeah, yeah. Amoroso's been... I see them I all grew up the on place. Amoroso's roll. <laughs> yeah. so it'd be an Amoroso's roll. And um, then I'll have it for the meat. I might have a chicken breast on there. Some Some bacon. Make Not turkey home. bacon, no. Like, like, I'll, like I'll straight up Straight up bacon, bacon. you know? <laughs> okay. And then I have a piece of lox, you know, a little oh, salmon. Yes. I have a piece of lox on there. Thinly sliced. Salmon. Yeah. Okay, word. And then I have maybe just a slice or two of Lebanon bologna on there. Cause I like Lebanon bologna. And then maybe, man, I don't know. That already sounds dope. That might be it. That might be it. But the turkey breast would be a nice size. And where would they sell it in Philly? They would sell it at Pasquale's. That my man. Yeah. Yo, we need to make this shit happen. Because dude. you know Pasquale's is where we get all of our our beer. Yes. They got the best beer in West Philly. My bro goes, that's his Pasquale's is I was telling Krista last night, if Pasquale's shut down, I would legit go into a depression. <laughs> I'd be sad, and I'd be in a bad place because I love Pasquale's. Doesn't <laughs> <laughs> he know it's real? Doesn't yeah. he know it's real? It would be Hogzilla. But the only hog on there is the bacon. But it's yeah, just, yeah. A, I'm doing the a comic book dope. named Hogzilla. Dope. I'm doing a comic book named Hogzilla, and I got, I'm been, yeah, so I'm doing that. Well, so well, just, yeah. Yo, before we get out of here, um, you know, if anybody's still here, uh, let, them, let them know where they can find you. Wait, are people like listening to this live? No, no, no. I'm going to put it up, though, hopefully tomorrow or, or the day after. Okay. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, let, let them know where they can find you. If they want to see your stuff, you know, Homecoming King. I mean, I, I got a that, Patreon if you want to give me some money, go on there. Yeah. I got a website, www.daveproach.com. Spell and it. I, uh, Dave, D-A-V-E, and then Proach is P-R-O-C-H. Oh. And then... um. I got uh, on my Instagram. I always put shit up on the Instagram. Yeah. I, also at Dave Proach. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Yo, I still keep my uh, my my Mr. Tombstone over there that you gave me. Awesome. He, he, yeah. I keep yeah. right up on well, looking at me every day, dude. It's that's dope. I've so. been saying awesome a lot lately. I don't know why awesome. I started saying awesome again. <laughs> Yo, and like my influence over it all. <laughs> I, I just I don't know why. Like this last like three months, I just been saying awesome a lot. But I'm gonna keep saying it, Yo. man, because it's awesome. It man. is. <laughs> Yo, yeah. that's the way to do it, D. Thank you again, bro. Mm. Thanks for having me. What's some?